0: Welcome back, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, my co-host is Victoria Munday and down in the chat room, Alina, moderating the chat. a fantastic show coming up for you tonight. Our good friend Brian Cando is back with us talking about history of the paranormal. Of course, everybody recognizes him from Paranormal Caught on Camera and back in the day, Haunted Collector. Very, very seasoned paranormal investigator. And he has his wonderful history of the Paranormal mobile exhibit that was just uh, out there in Rhode Island, been traveling around the country. And I know Brian has a special announcement later this evening for us about that. But first of all, Brian, welcome back to the show.
1: Thanks, Mike. It's uh, it's good to be back. Uh, it's nice to meet you,
0: Victoria. Nice uh, to meet you. What's new? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Do you want to listen? Well, uh, first
0: and foremost, <laughs> Brian, we have to talk about the new, uh, un- what is it, the uh, undisputed director's cut or whatever it is of, of Rocky Four. So <laughs> <laughs> That's the, you know, he's got his, he's, he's got Rocky there. Yeah, the, uh, Brian and I were both big Rocky fans, so uh, we had a good conversation about the uh, ultimate director's cut there uh, when it came out the other, the other, what is it, a week ago now? Almost a week. It was.
1: It, it feels a lot longer, but yeah, I think it was only a week. And I really had hoped to rope Stallone into uh, into the conversation. You so I, I, I tweeted him. I'm like, okay, yep.
0: It was a good try. I,
1: we're, <laughs> we're deconstructing and we are are, are dissecting the director's cuts. Sly, you on in? I, and, a little
0: hint. He's yeah. a little more interactive on Instagram, so I've got I've gotten him to like on a couple of my comments on his posts before, and I'm like, cool.
1: We'll get him. We'll get him. You gotta <laughs> We'll help. get him. You gotta dog That's him. Right. You gotta do anything you gotta do to get that man to respond to your tweets.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Okay, so let's get more into the paranormal here. Now we had our little, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, now we got our Rocky out of us. So, Brian, what's going on? What's new with you? I mean, uh, it seems like you've had a a very busy year coming out of COVID. Uh, I've seen you at a couple of events here, and you have your mobile exhibit going on. And of course, paranormal caught on camera. So it seems like you are still a very busy man.
1: You know, as much as the pandemic slowed down many of our colleagues in the fields, for me, I was already amidst uh, a change of process instead of holding these big events that had lots of people and just cookie cutter and, and, and bringing a lot of people through. I decided that I wanted to have more intimate events, more boutique style events where maximum maybe 15 people. I wanted it to be a better experience for the attendees. I wanted them to be able to have more, pay more attention to each one of them and help guide them and uh, pass on what I've learned from the people that I've learned from, and I found that there's, it's always a better experience when they don't feel like it's a cattle drive. So that being said, that happened just before COVID hit. I already started changing to that model and. Once COVID restrictions said, you can't have more than 15 people, I said, great, I don't want more than 15 people. We kept going. And even though it delayed the premiere of my history exhibit, those few months that we had to stand down from that first showing, I was able to upgrade and have a couple of more uh, elements of it that made it better. So, if if anything else, it literally made me stronger. So, when it premiered at the Merchants and Jover's Tavern Museum, well over a year ago, we had a, a good showing, and it's literally been uh, getting bigger and more immersive ever since.
0: That that's fantastic. So, tell us a little bit about the exhibit. Somebody, you know, shows up. What can they expect to see? What can they expect to experience?
1: Well, the tagline for the entire exhibit is, to move forward, sometimes you have to look back. And looking back is what I want to do as I take people through the exhibit. Now, so many people are introduced to the paranormal via the TV shows. And that teaches them some process, shows them locations, shows them about the gadgets. But as I like to tell them, the paranormal existed before Jason and Grant. And even they know that they were standing on the shoulders of many people that had come before them. And my goal is to introduce attendees to the people, the places, some of the societies and some of the concepts that are at the foundation of the paranormal. And if they leave knowing one more name or one more society or or a concept or a story that then they tell a friend and then they tell a friend as it goes. We all advance together. We all grow stronger together.
0: Yeah, and I think that's something that uh, you know people tend to forget is that you know before 2000 there was still a paranormal world. It just it, it wasn't on TV so much. It's like we had In Search of with Leonard Nimoy, and that was about it so you know and and you've been on on several of the tv shows yourself you know haunt collector and you know paranormal camera and some others um and i I find it very very cool that you did something with oak island as well because i absolutely love that and adam tillery down the chat he'll be watching oak island at the same time he's watching this which is funny um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, in your research, since you've been a part of the, the modern field, but you've done so much research and looking back into that history of, of the field, what to you is is the biggest difference between then and now? And can we learn something from our predecessors?
1: That's a good question. I feel that our strength Uh-oh. today. Like
0: everything just froze up.
2: No, we're good.
1: I'm I'm seeing you. You good, we're good. I can hear you. Okay, Victoria, can Victoria hear, hear me? Can
0: Mike hear me?
2: No, Mike is in the ether. Mike, well, well let me ask you a question. Yeah, you I, paused. I,
0: my yeah, my connection hiccuped.
2: Can you hear us now?
0: How far did my question get?
1: Yeah. Uh, you asked me the question, I started to answer it, and then you said, Oh, uh, you you, you uh, you, you zoned out. So, uh, Mike, okay. come back to us.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm here.
1: Knock once for yes, twice for no.
2: Can you hear Mike? I
0: I can. I can hear just fine. Okay, Okay.
2: so we can all hear each other. Life is good.
1: I think we're good now.
2: Okay, but I was going to jump into the question real quick.
1: This right now is a perfect example of kind of what I was going to say. Early and today, the differences, our strengths are also sometimes our weaknesses. Technology, social media, there is a reliance on it for... Uh, the acquisition of our information, of the things that we learn. And sometimes we become so reliant on it that we forget that our bodies, our five senses, our sixth sense, uh, our seventh sense, which is common sense, are the most important things we can bring with us to an investigation. So I know when I first started, uh, I thought, okay, let me get equipment. Let me tech up and you build up this arsenal of equipment. And soon, like you saw in Haunted Collector, I'm going from case to case with two huge pelican cases in tow behind me and it's just too much and sometimes you spend so much time setting up the equipment and setting up the gear that you're missing what's going on right in front of you now back in the day 1850s the spiritualist movement it was seances it was uh, sitting around a table it was dowsing rods pendulums scrying it was a lot more body intensive and those who were on the contacting side and those who were on the uh, let's let's see if they're fakes or not side, they're all looking into it. And even the 1850s, the spiritualist movement wasn't the beginning, it wasn't the first instance of such an interest in the afterlife. It seems like every time there is a crisis in our history, we ask the big picture questions. Uh, we think about our mortality, we wonder what's it all about and after all this loss is there some way we can somehow get it back? And I, I think you know we can all relate, be it's uh, a video or a manuscript or something, you're working on something on the computer, there's a glitch, you lose all that information and you feel this profound loss and you hope, I hope it's saved somewhere, I hope it's saved somewhere. And you go through those phases of loss, the bargaining, the uh, the anger, the denial, and then finally the acceptance that Sigh. I've got to start all over again. And that's what happens Uh, big tragedies and going back to the spiritualist movement, it was the American civil war that preceded that Uh, and pick a war, pick a a global crisis. Uh, Even now coming, hopefully coming out of COVID there's a lot of people looking into this topic and wondering, well, we just lost some loved ones. Are they really gone?
2: They're not. Um, I've noticed between uh, my friends and I, um, my really good friends, Paranormal investigating is getting a little bit more organic. I guess you can call it. Uh, we're getting away from the tech. Uh, I went to a haunted venue and I forgot to take pictures. I even forgot to pull my equipment out. I was just there in the moment. And then everyone else was like, oh, look at this. Look at this. I mean, do you find that also? And I have a a, a Rocky thing. I don't know if I should mention it or not.
1: <laughs> no, you have a Rocky, theme, Rocky a rock thing? Rocky
2: thing. Um, there was some movie. Uh, I think it was Rocky 4. I don't know. I've heard of it, um, but there was this one part where Stallone was sitting on the bed with his son, and he goes, "Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, even if people don't understand it." Do you feel this is becoming more? What did I did I do it wrong?
1: Victoria, you must have seen Rocky <laughs> versus Drago, the director's cut, because that wasn't in the original. So you're probably more of a Rocky fan than you think you are.
2: Shh, it was on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek. We all know Star Trek franchise is the greatest. Um, you know, Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home—it's on so many parallels. We, I love we Star Trek IV. Oh, so, the whales! Oh my God! And then Leonard Nimoy was doing albums with whales at that time too. Anyway, um, do you find that's um, where was I going? I don't know. <laughs> is that how the paranormal field is turning? Do you think it's becoming more organic? Are we experiencing more, or do we feel like we have to prove, you know, the paranormals here? Like, let's go out and prove, you know, gravity is here. While we're at it, you
1: know, it's, yes. it's already done. I love Italian. So do you? <laughs> yes. I um. I feel like there's a bell curve. Okay. There is definitely a. I, I feel like we all get into it uh, via our own experiences, or or, or uh, if it was something that we uh, were curious about, or something that we were taught, something that was passed down. I mean, I mean for me personally. I didn't have anything that got me into it. It was just curiosity. It was actually a film project that some friends and I started back in 2002 called Scared on Staten Island. It was a cable access show. And from that point, the bell curve I I alluded to uh, was in reference to the tech. Didn't have anything. And everyone seems to start out going, I don't know what to get, Uh, what's going on. Uh, I see what they have on TV, TV, let me get that. You get your first meter. You get your first audio recorder. You're like, oh, this is great. And you get a laser pointer. You get a, a, a REM pod and you tech, 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 tech. The bell curve goes up, goes up, goes up, goes up, goes up. And then you get to that point where, like, this is too much. I'm missing the experience. I'm not mm-hmm. getting that organic. I'm, I'm missing out. And then yeah. you start going less, 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 less. Now, I wear a web belt that just whatever can fit on that belt, whatever is portable, whatever I can carry with me, that's what I bring. And Rosemary Ellen Giley, in an interview that I did with her, she said something really profound that anecdotal evidence is as important as uh, figures and and EVPs and, and things that one could share. Because for the most part, unless i can't even think of a good example of what could convince someone who's a skeptic but there's no audio track i could play you there's no video i could show you there's nothing i can tell you that would make you a believer unless you were ready unless it was your time and you you pretty much have to have your own experience in order to be turned or to, to be enriched or enlightened in some way and this evolution i know took me many years 2002, Brian, was a skeptic. 2021, Brian, very much a skeptical believer. I know the phenomenon exists. It's the people who reported I'm skeptical of.
2: Yeah, I have pictures of full-body apparitions I've taken, and I've shown people, and they're like, oh, okay, well, that's nice. I'm like, my God, it's a full-body <laughs> apparition. You know, oh, look, I have an orb in this picture. Anyway. And
1: yet, <laughs> I mean, I'm on a show that my my job is to review all these videos, and Let's not forget that no matter what is put in front of me, the one weakness that will come, that will, will put question for anything that I evaluate, I wasn't there.
2: Right.
1: I wasn't right. there. So then I have to take their word for it. And that comes down to, again, faith. I have to trust the person that's telling me what they got is legit. I have to say, hmm, I believe you. Or, hmm, I don't believe you. Neither of those two perspectives changes the fact of what may or may not have happened in said clip, but. Yeah,
0: that's a really tough position that, that you're put in on that show. I mean, I got a taste of that with Fright Club on, uh, on Discovery plus where I was asked to review a couple of clips and in comment on that. And, you know, since you're not in the situation, you know, and, I have people email me stuff all the time, but when you're not in the situation, especially for like reflective surfaces, you know, like a window or a mirror or something like that, you don't get an idea of what else is going on in the room. Of course, you have no sense of what's really there behind the person and all that. So that's really a challenge. Um, You know, do you find yourself, even though you're, you know, commenting and giving your perspective, Do you find yourself kind of almost, you know, questioning, you know, is that, am am I really being accurate in this moment, giving my perspective because of that situation where you are not actually there?
1: I question everything. And as a filmmaker, as a documentarian, as a researcher, I also look, okay, well, how could this have been faked? How Mm -hmm. could this have been uh, falsified? And sometimes you look for strings. Sometimes you feel like, oh, there's somebody hiding behind the door, or this could have been uh, the pressure change, and that's why the, the window flew open. There's lots of different reasons. However, it comes back down to all right, just because you can explain it one way, it honestly really doesn't eliminate the paranormal explanation, which makes our job even harder. And I have so many people that come up to me at conventions and they're like, oh, oh, O'Brien, here, I got a video. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, here, let me show you, let me show you. Oh, and they show me a video and I'm like, "Mm, this was not worth the wait. Uh, And yet some of those videos will make it A, to the, the producers, and then B, to our show. And I'll beg them, please, please don't show this. Please don't show this. And they'll show it. What I love about Paranormal Caught Camera is that it's not a show about presenting evidence that you say, you must believe this, and if you don't, you're ridiculous. All our peers on the other shows, the investigative shows, when they show a piece of evidence, allegedly they caught it, so they have to stand behind it. These, we get to comment on, and honestly, I don't believe half of them. And you could tell by my candor in my answers, uh, but that being said, whether they're real or not is not the issue. It's still getting the conversation started and topics like cryptids and uh, ufology are discussed much more. Now, I know I've learned a lot because of just having to watch those videos and having to research. "Hmm, Well, what am I going to say about this? What what can I learn about this before I go and try to speak intelligently on the topic? And I think that's great.
0: Do Do you you find yourself? I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you find yourself starting to branch out more into some areas, like you said, ufology and cryptids and, and some of these other esoteric areas?
2: A little
1: bit. I mean, we, you and I were just at a Michigan Paracon together earlier this year, and I found myself on a UFO panel with the likes of Nick Redfern and uh, somebody from their local MUFON chapter, a place that I never imagined I would be on a couple of years ago. And I, I think that just speaks to. I guess my narrow-minded thinking at the time of the paranormal that, hey, I'm a ghosts and spirits guy. But to be in the paranormal, that umbrella encompasses so much more that of course there'll be some cryptids thrown in, there'll be some UFOs thrown in, there'll be some mysteries that we don't have a label for that we're, we're gonna have to address.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it's all connected. Go ahead, Victoria, you had a question.
2: Well, um, let's say you're, you're presenting a, um, a speech or something and after you're over, after it's all done, it's a take two, after it's all over and you're completed, someone walks up to you and just says, I don't believe any of this. How do you start a conversation with them? Is it just like, okay, thank you for coming. Or uh, do you go a little bit deeper or I mean, how does the conversation go with someone who's just says you're you know, full of it?
1: Um, I don't get too much of that in person. I, I find most people don't have the gumption to, to challenge you in that way. I get that on Twitter after an mm-hmm. episode airs where you have armchair critics uh, spewing their opinions. And I, I used to let it get to me. I used to, they, they would, They would bait me and i would take the bait every time uh now i just i kind of don't care Uh, if they're that riled up about it i feel hey that's great you're passionate about something but uh we can be wrong and sometimes uh the ones who at least approach it with some respect like oh i saw the episode last night and oh those lights oh you were completely wrong that was a spacex launch like oh okay well that's information i didn't have now i have it Uh, so again, I've learned something and, uh, even though we're the commentators, uh, we're not above question.
2: Okay. Excellent.
0: (laughs) So let me ask this to Brian. Uh, you mentioned that you've kind of pared down your uh, equipment that you bring, uh, since you, you got to, you were talking about the bell curve, uh, earlier and I've been really the same way where I used to bring a ton of equipment and still all back there in a closet, but now I only bring a couple of items. So what are those couple of go-tos? You said anything that you could bring in your belt, but you gotta have a couple that are like, I'm definitely going to bring this.
1: Uh, it's great because all the things that I don't carry with me anymore end up in the uh, the history exhibit.
0: That's great.
1: <laughs> um, so the things that that are kind of musts for me, uh, my mail meter because it is a Swiss army knife of a gadget. So mm-hmm. I've got a REM pod in it, uh, automatic temperature differential, like Gary outfitted pretty much everything he makes into that one device uh digital audio recorder um my pendulum old school so that i don't uh, need batteries nice. uh and lately i'll just have some some new device just to, to test out like gary galka came out with a, a dos onc which is his response to all the the phasma boxes and the phantom boxes all the uh spirit boxes plugged into preamps to try to reduce that noise uh, so I've been field testing that. And I know he's got something new that I uh, just ordered and am awaiting eagerly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> great, great. So, okay. So pendulum, old school uh, method. Do you find yourself starting to go back to some of those old school methods? Because like, um, look, like I have a, I have a set of dowsing rods. I do have a pendulum as well. And, you know, for, forever I, I would stay away from some of that stuff because, you know, we're doing a lot of camera work, video and People immediately discredit. Well, you know, you could manipulate and all that. You're just trying to, you know, show off for the camera, that sort of thing. But they really work. It's like, okay, I'm being honest with myself. I'm not going to try to trick myself. And you know, Mm -hmm. those methods are working. Do you find yourself starting to go back to some of those older methods that are tried and true?
1: I'm, I've become a fan of the pendulum. I can't say I'm skilled. I feel that would be too much hubris. But I feel like I've. I've been using it for years now, and the gentleman who taught me how to was, uh, was a cowboy. It wasn't a Stevie Nicks clone, you know, love and light. It's just like, no, cowboy. And when I say cowboy, if you're thinking, yes, that that person you're thinking of, leathery face, denim shirt, cowboy hat, he was researching something for a book he was writing, and it, it led him into the subject of of dowsing and, and uh, pendulums, and he taught me how to do it since then i've been giving it a try and because at the time i was brian my tech guy It, it fascinated me that rock and a string could give you answers and again i can't tell you exactly how it works i can tell you the theories behind it so that people think what it might be but still i can't pinpoint exactly what's making it work and like you said i'm not in it to fool myself i almost don't want it to work because i can't explain to you the mechanics and yet I, I i get it to work and i never get well i don't want to say never rarely do i get things about the location or the case i'm on i end up delivering messages for people i've become a paranormal postal worker of sorts and uh, just this past uh <laughs> two weekends ago at my history exhibit in rhode island i delivered a message for a woman that uh, had a physical effect on me i i literally felt oh, wow. at the end of the session hit me physically i felt like i Imagine an elevator dropping suddenly and then catching itself. I felt as if I fell down, and something hit me in the head—not like a strike, but like a "You're done." As if it closed off the session, and that never happened to me before. And I feel like the more I do it, I'm getting more physically and physically involved in it. And um, I could do this with a pendulum. I'm not a fan of dowsing rods. I see someone ask about have I ever used dowsing rods? I can't get those to work. And and I feel like so many people that I say, oh show me dowsing rods they're like okay oh is there anyone here with us like you see their hands moving and i'm looking I'm like i see your hand moving i'm not moving i don't know what you're talking about i can't personally get behind it but i know there's something to it i just i haven't discovered it yet
0: yeah and and i will say there is because like i said i i've used them and again i'm not going to trick myself but um when i was on alaska triangle and i had the dowsing rods and that was by their request i don't usually use those on an investigation but it was at their request okay fine and you know my dad who does not believe in the paranormal was watching that and he's like you know i have actually used those before to find pipes behind my grandparents house he's like there's yeah. something to it i don't know what it is but you know we were looking for you know some pipes in a drain and I was able to find it with that, so it had absolutely nothing to do with the paranormal. But
1: well, remember, it used to be a fourth stick to find where to yeah. dig uh, to dig a well.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, you try to search the well. The, the divining rods. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. See, now you're talking my language. You're talking about people now.
0: <laughs> bring it, Victoria. What? Who? Victoria <laughs> of the Stick People.
2: Yes, I. <laughs> no, no. My uh, mom's family is from deep in East Texas, and. That's just the way we do things, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, this is just the way we've always learned. There is, well, I don't want to say power. There is energy in dowsing rods and pendulums and, and, you know, doing things at certain times with certain herbs to change your vibrational frequency and all that kind of stuff. It really is true. So, I mean, you don't really need your Duracells cells to do yeah. all this, but, you know, there are ways to do things just, I'm going to keep saying organic. That's my word of the day, organically. Really? <laughs>
0: So let me ask you this: and we're, Since we are talking about um, you know, some old school methods, you mentioned the spiritualism movement earlier. Um, you know your take on you know, psychic mediums and you know having a medium's take or a psychics take during an investigation. Do you incorporate those perspectives as well?
1: Absolutely, I feel. Any baseball team needs all the players playing all the positions. You can't have nine pitchers, nine catchers. You need your first baseman, your outfielders. You need all those parts to make it work. And for my paranormal teams, I prefer to have what I call uh, the three pillars with me. Psychic, scientist, skeptic. Three different viewpoints to make a more well-rounded investigation. And for me, yeah, I'm the scientist, uh, whereas the psychic believes, the skeptic Needs a mountain of proof. I'm not looking to prove nor disprove. I'm looking to measure. I'm looking to quantify. I'm looking to get the raw data to maybe help us get this in the books. And my meters can only tell me so much. Beep, 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 boop, boop, boop. Okay, I'm getting a reading. What does that mean? Turn to the psychic. Okay, what are you feeling? Well, I feel it's a man, and he's angry. His name is Bob. My meter couldn't have told me that, yet... The psychic, I feel, is just another tool to gather information in their own way.
0: Now, you mentioned the three pillars, and uh, w- which I think is great. Uh, and you have a card game based on this, which I've played, and it's actually a really <laughs> good card game. <laughs> do you have any of that with you there that you can kind of show off a little bit?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. You can see the clutter behind me.
0: Yeah, maybe I should have asked
1: that. <laughs> I have everything with me. which uh, Three pillars. Never before has Paranormal Division been so much fun. It's, <laughs> a, uh, it's kind of a and we've had fun with this. We've made expansions for it over the years. This one. Battery is not included. Is all is our psychic set, set that has a lot of things. Victoria, you would dig this one. I
2: want to play. <laughs> so this uh, is like Cards Against Humanity, but for the paranormal.
1: Not even close. <laughs> Bite your tongue, sign off, and log off because that was just <laughs> wrong. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's like <laughs> a,
0: it's like a strategy game. Really, is what it is.
2: Stratego, do you remember that?
1: It's a. Uh, it's <laughs> it kind of simulates an investigation object of the yeah. game is to be the player that has the most points in evidence after exploring three haunted locations Ooh. now if it was just as simple as getting number cards it would be too easy you're playing against your opponents so you're trying to stop them as you're trying to concurrently get your own investigation so things can waylay you like battery drain or broken equipment or possession <laughs> and you have to fix those things before you can continue events happen that take the paranormal community into effect. And uh, because it's my game, I get to put my friends in it. So there's a John Zafis card, there's a Chip coffee card, there's a Rosemary card, uh, and it's just a, it's a lot of fun. And because I can't do anything without sneaking education into it, the game has a lot of meta elements that all the cards and all the way the game interacts are based off of real events. So if it didn't happen to me in real life and it couldn't happen, you can't do it in the game.
2: Hmm. Okay. You'll have to play it, Victoria. It's pretty I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the cats and I will play it. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds like everybody down in the chat is really, uh, really interested. So how can somebody get a hold of the game, Brian? Yes.
1: It's a good question. Um you could go you could go to my website neverstopsearching.com. I think it's it's in the store. I'm horrible at selling my own stuff. Uh, even at events I'm like, "Yeah, I got some stuff over there if you like if, not, if you know it's not too much trouble." Um yes, neverstopsearching.com.
0: Yep. And there's uh we got the the banner going there. Those that are listening to the podcast later neverstopsearching.com.
2: I think we need a game so. night. That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, the good thing about it,
1: it's good for two players or four players. And four players is fun. Now, Mike, you play the two-player version. With four players, you play teams. So you would have a teammate. Your opponent would have a teammate. And that's when the trash talking starts. So what's more (laughs) paranormal than than trash talk? Uh, We don't do that.
2: I don't know. Para-unity. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. It's a game. You
0: are competing. So, you know. (laughs) it's yeah. <laughs> little really hard to have some pair unity there when you're okay. competing but um... somebody
1: asked and i see in the chat is it on amazon it used to be until their standards and practices blocked it for some reason uh huh. in this but yeah you could go to my website and you'll know that when it arrives to you with my own hands not only did i create the game but i packed it i brought it to the, the post office <laughs> and sent it to you
0: and for those watching on YouTube, there is a link down in the description that you just click on that'll take you to Brian's site. So you have that option as well. Lots of options <laughs> to get to your site, Brian. <laughs> so, um, all right. So we're talking about the haunted exhibit or uh, the, the history of the paranormal uh, exhibit uh, that's traveling around the country. You just did a show in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. What do you have on tap? What can we expect going forward?
1: For 2020, well, right now for the winter, it's standing down. Uh, For 2022, I am still uh, looking into places to host it. My goal is to get this to all 50 states. Seven down, 43 more to go. And yet, uh, the eighth one is in the books. And you're going to, you know, something about that, Mike, because you're going to be joining me at that one in Grafton, Ohio next. This is true. There we go. There it is. Me and Mike. We are going to be there for uh, two, three days. Uh, the exhibit, actually, the exhibits could be there for an extended time, so that you'll be able to view the exhibit during the week. Friday, we're going to forego the hunts in favor of workshops. It's an old school, so what better than a little bit of education, a little bit of training before we hit the hunt on Saturday night?
0: All right. So you have the exhibit, you have some educational workshops, and you have a ghost hunt.
1: Absolutely, sounds like a great weekend. It's going to be amazing, and uh, you know this. This is going to be the first time that the exhibit's going to get to breathe during the week beforehand. Because a lot of times, I'll show up, we set up, and this this is not an exhibit. Now, and here's the misconception: there are other traveling exhibits out there in museums that tent pop up. There's the stuff, and this is not to diminish the amount of work that goes into it. But it seems like it's a lot easier. This is not, this is a full exhibits. This is a full traveling, like there's rooms worth, it's a good 3000 square feet worth of materials. I just keep expanding it every time. So when people say, oh, can you bring it to my convention? The answer is no, I cannot bring it to your convention. Uh, (laughs) It's very expensive. It's a bit much. Yeah, but it's going to get to breathe. So people will get to see it during the week. Uh, It's gonna be shown on Wednesday and Thursday just alone. So by the time Friday rolls around, it's not like people are rushing. Oh, I haven't seen it, I haven't seen it. I want people to be able to, to really immerse themselves in it. And there are interactive elements, EVP listening station. There's what I call the game show at the end. Can you name the modern pioneers? Uh, we also always have our tarot card reader and there's different stations that pretty much if you're just kind of wandering through, sometimes the exhibit, reaches out to you and not in a haunted way, but in an informational way, there's a lot to, to see and uh, experience. So I recommend people go through it more than once.
2: You know what this sounds like is a, a modern day Lilydale. Well, I guess Lily Dale's still going on, but um, because I've been wanting to start one with some friends down here, uh, Lilydale of the South, you know, why not? We'd be sitting on the veranda having a mint julep and talking about our grandpa's ghost or something, you know, and it, <laughs> it, it would just be fun.
1: I mean, I would love to mm-hmm. have it in a in a in a brick and mortar location one day. Uh, I didn't think this was possible a couple of years ago, but now I'm doing it. So I didn't I don't think a brick and mortar is possible, but who knows down the down down the line, that too may be possible. But I still want to mm-hmm. get it to every state.
2: So if it's a big state, will you come to a couple cities?
1: I feel like <laughs> I will eventually repeat, but my focus is to get it where it hasn't been seen yet.
0: The, the shipping is probably going to be a little pricey for alaska and hawaii but i'm sure they would absolutely appreciate it <laughs> it would just, almost
1: it would almost be more cost effective like for hawaii just to have everything reprinted from scratch there all this stuff let me just buy all this stuff and reassemble yeah. it
2: together. so you just don't put it in a u-haul and go i mean you have to ship it
1: oh. <laughs> you can't exactly drive to Hawaii, but thus far <laughs> I have a fan in driving it, yes.
2: Well when there a land bridge at one time somewhere.
1: Back in the Paleolithic, okay. sure, when everything yeah. was
2: connected. Yes. Pangea. Uh,
1: my my exhibit was not ready to go then. Uh it was okay. very, very small. This... Okay. Not worth no. seeing.
2: No, it would be wonderful to see. <laughs>
0: All right, we do have some questions coming in from the chat. I do want to uh, get to some of these, and so you know our uh, listeners can and viewers can go ahead and submit questions. Of course, uh, from Robert Hanna, since you were talking about uh, UFOs earlier, what does Brian think about the government admitting UFOs UAPs are real, or did they really admit that they were real? So that's <laughs> I,
1: I, I think that they didn't. I I feel like they danced around it as as governments do. They pretty much acknowledged that things are happening they didn't ascribe it to extraterrestrial life they just said hey we're recording some weird things that's it And that that's was all it all they yeah. really did
0: yeah nine pages of yeah and not acknowledging things that happened all the decades before you know the 2000s so it was
1: i feel like yeah, it I have was some
0: choice words about that i
1: feel like it was a <laughs> it was an acknowledgement just to be like Fine, we have to say something. Say as little right. as possible.
0: Yeah, that that's pretty much exactly what it was. Yeah, so I agree with you there. Um, from our chat moderator Alina, she asks, "How does it personally feel uh, turning non-believers of the paranormal into believers and opening people's eyes to seeing there's a lot more to our world?"
1: It almost sounds like 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 uh, I'm a zombie and I bite people. It's like, how does it feel to turn the <laughs> non-believers? <on> the <laughs> I'm not necessarily in the business of turning people per se, uh, because I know for myself, uh, it took me a while. It really took me a while to go from being a skeptic to, to where I am today. And having been a skeptic for so long, I know how it is when people are like, you got to do this, you got to believe that." here's all this stuff. And it's like, look, you all come to it in your own time. So it's my job to try to, facilitate that to make it easy, not to force it or push it to say, all right, well, when you're ready, here's a bunch of stuff you can look at. Here are some names, here's some concepts. And again, as a former skeptic, I could tell you, I used to think like you, let me try to assuage some of your your doubts about this, and here's why. Uh, So especially with this exhibit, uh, there's an entire room dedicated to skeptics and societies. And you have people like Harry Houdini, who was very famous at exposing fraudulent psychic mediums. And not because he didn't believe, but because he did. And those who he trusted to make contact with his mother, whom he lost, disappointed him so. And we see that today with so many people uh, just sloppily or lazily coming out and doing things and uh, kind of making a bad name for, for for the field in general. Because they are the bad examples, but they are also the most public examples and with social media being what it is information gets out very quickly uh and we all know we we all know how things have been in the media the past few years it's hard to know what to believe
0: yeah how much of a challenge is that for you kind of dealing with some of these different perceptions that uh are out there these days and you know seeing with the way a lot of television is has gone or like a lot of social media or YouTube and and what have you of like every, almost everything's demonic these days or, you know, some, you know, things like that where all these, you know, really, um, you know, far flung ideas are out there. You're getting, I'm sure you get all kinds of people that are coming to you with some, some opinion or something they've seen. How do you deal with all of that?
1: I used to be a lot more impatient with that, uh, but I, I feel like I, in my impatience, I don't wanna turn anyone off to the topic and I certainly don't want to turn away someone who might need help for it. So anytime I get uh, somebody saying, oh, I think I have a demon in my house, my response is, well, exactly how did you diagnose this? And this is the thing, this is just like going on WebMD. Oh, my, my elbow itches, let me go on WebMD. <laughs> oh, I've got cancer and AIDS and, and Ebola. There's nothing right. good. You, <laughs> know, you never get anything good from researching it yourself online. It's you've got to go to the doctor. And it's the same with the paranormal. People will say, oh, uh, the light in my hall turned on. Um, there's demons infesting my house because they watch some of the TV shows. And when they come to me with that presupposition, you have to un- unlearn them everything. You've got to go Yoda and go unlearn everything you've learned. Start back at zero. Now let's look into what you've got. And it's hard. I, it, it's, it's taxing. But again, uh, at least they're talking about the subject. Uh, you know, thirty years ago, forty years ago, if this was happening to you, you didn't talk about it. Uh, yeah. You kept it to yourself. You suppressed it, and then things might have gotten worse.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, back in the day, you might be thrown in a straight jacket. Yes, <laughs> and tossed oh, away somewhere yeah. uh, for, for talking about it so uh another question here this is from android purity uh hey brian with the tech revolution with cameras on cell phones more high quality than ever uh these few years do you think paranormal videos will continue to increase
1: i am uh on episode 20 of season five of paranormal caught on camera uh season four just ended so yes yes it will continue because it's it's easy before you had to have a camera. You had to have it going. You couldn't just pick it up and go now. You're like, oh, I see something. And there it is. Um, that being said, there's still advanced skepticism in that. So look at Let's take Bigfoot, for example. Uh, back in the day, you have some of your, your famous clips. They're blurry. They're far away. They're hard to see. They don't seem to prove much. And yet we use those as anchors of, okay, well, this is what's going to spur our beliefs forward. I wish we had a clearer video. All right? I've seen some clearer videos. My mind doesn't want to accept it. We have 4K now. We could shoot in 8K. And the clearer it gets, the more skeptical you get. You're like, oh, that looks too good. If it doesn't look at oh, that's too blurry. You can't win. <laughs> so that being said, <laughs> you have to be ready to accept it. You have to be open enough to go, I'm going to look at this objectively, and uh, for me, it always comes down to my favorite uh, fictional consulting detective's motto: that once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth.
0: Yep. Throw a little Sherlock Holmes in there, huh? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. All right. Nice well, I guess
0: I guess Android had reworded that question, and I didn't catch the uh, the the second version of it until now. Uh, Do you think the prevalence of high-quality paranormal videos will drive real research, I guess, is where he was actually trying to go?
1: Okay. Um, It's all about the data. The more data we have, the more uh, observations can be made off of it. Uh, Again, we can't just go on guesses. We can't go on assumptions. Yeah, let's look at the video. Uh, Let's look uh, at at the data. Let's look at the numbers. Uh, Is there... A correlation between emf spikes uh cold spots and again i feel like we're looking in the wrong place i feel like we're we're using the wrong scales because all this time i mean we are in an age now that 52 weekends out of the year you have everybody wearing a black t-shirt running around on saturday night looking for ghosts recording and shooting and being and doing where are the numbers where's the data where where is the the quotient that says at x amount of milligas per square foot equals a haunting at the location. We don't have it. And why don't we have it? Maybe it's not milligas. Maybe we're on the wrong scale. Maybe, uh, we're just, we're close, but we're going down the wrong Avenue. And to answer your question, I think the more data we have or data I've pronounced in two different ways, <laughs> we're able to at least look over our work and say, huh, we've been going down the wrong way. And just, uh, just in the in the 20 years I've been doing it, very little has changed. The only thing that's changed in my observation is me.
0: That's a great point. <laughs> that's a great point. And, uh, and Android did throw down $2 super huh. chat. Oh, he's a great guest, thank you. And thank you very much, Android Purity. So we have about uh, 15 minutes left in the show. If you guys have some more questions, Feel free to throw those down in the chat, Victoria. I'm going to toss it to you real quick. See if you have any additional questions.
2: I, I've been trying to keep my comments to myself tonight. <laughs> um, oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm trying not to get in trouble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that just for further question. How would you get in trouble? <laughs> oh dear. Oh, no. Um, you were talking about. I think a show you should do, and I was talking to Mike about it before I had a couple of shows mixed up, um, like a haunted antique road show. I think that would be amazing. <laughs>
1: I would leave that to the old man. Ziggy would be better at doing nothing than me. I'd be like, eh.
2: Eh, yeah, who knows? Anyway, um, do you think the the paranormal field is still going to be driven, like, as you said, the people in the black t shirts, like, hey, I got a YouTube channel. Look at me. I've got 10 subscribers. Woohoo. Or is it going to be more of the people like the everyday, Soccer mom Karen, who's actually having experience. Like I can't tell you how many times I've been in my kitchen and I've seen things go by, and my daughters walked by, and it's walked by, and this week has been crazy. Little black shadow figures running around everywhere. They're on the ceiling, you know. It's just been crazy. Is it still going to be hardcore evidence, or is it going to be more people accepting and having these um, experiences?
1: People are people, so we're going to always have a mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, new shows will come out, which will excite people, who will then mimic them and run out and and monkey see, monkey do. They'll do the typical, oh, I've been in the paranormal a week. I want a show. Where's my, where's my this? Where do uh, the entitlements? Right. And when they find out it's work, and the, the the sheen wears off, they get tired. The groups that they formed with the acronym, that's uh, some kind of paranormal name forced into some clever word. Uh, the person that they form the group with, they get into an argument, they split up, they form two groups, they go out and do their own thing, one stops doing it, one moves away. Mm-hmm. If it's anything that I've noticed in my time doing this, uh, the serious people will weather those storms. Uh, the people who really want to do it and do it for the right reasons and who understand it's hard work. It's more often than not thankless work uh, as far as the, the public goes Uh If you do it for individual enlightenment, that's great. If you do it for knowledge and education, uh, that's always good. If you're in it for uh, TV fame or money, I gotta tell you, you will be disappointed. Um, Do it for for the love of community. I mean, I've met some great people. I've uh, I've made lifelong friends in this. Uh, So in that respect, yeah, I'm rich in certain ways, but people see me and they assume, oh, Brian's on TV, he's got millions of dollars. Wrong you know but that's also not why i'm in it uh, right.
2: it has to be like a personal validation that you're trying to achieve i think not like a, bucks
1: so like can henry yeah. jones you said you know what, what do you find illumination
2: yes <laughs> leoness okay yeah
0: <laughs> nice nice see we've had rocky references we've got sherlock holmes references now we got indiana jones references
2: (laughs) i
1: my my blood is mostly pop culture so
0: uh, (laughs) yeah i'm right there with you yeah (laughs) (laughs) so let me ask you something because uh you and i have had some uh interesting conversations here uh especially over the past several months as we've you know done some of these events together and um so, in one of those conversations, we were talking a little bit about um, like interdimensional beings. and it seems like this has become um, a, a little bit more of a popular concept these days. So, it seems like, you know, just a regular ghost and haunting was popular for a while. And then, you know, everything had to go demon, demonic, that sort of thing. And then like shadow entities for a hot minute. Now it seems to be like everything's interdimensional beings. Um, Are these just, are we going through, you know, phases here? Just, you know, little fads for a moment. We'll move on to uh another topic or, you know, are we really are we really just all talking about the same thing? Just using a different term for it.
1: If it's a phase, I think I'm caught up in that phase because I feel like we've stumbled upon it and it's in that category that I don't have any facts, but I know it's true. I feel like, yeah, people are finally ready to accept certain things like, all right, again, we'll take it back to Bigfoot. Why has there never been any proof of life? And again, there's going to be a lot of uh, cryptozoologists out there like, oh, no, no, we disagree with this. For my limited experience, uh, I I feel like there's not a lot of things that show um, offspring, that show elimination, that show diet, that show anything. You know, you hear knocks. Well, do you see it knocking? And then how can you ascribe it to this creature? Like, where is it? But maybe it is interdimensional. Maybe, as you say, we're using different words to describe the same thing. So the demons of the West are the djinn of the East, are the greys of uh, the extraterrestrials. Like we might be talking about the same things. And I really do believe that there is a unifying theory for this all. It's not just cryptids or just ufologists or just ghosts and spirits. Uh, Just everything is connected. Everything in this universe has energy and vibration. And as we're getting more into quantum physics and the more the average person is understanding certain things, even if it's through films like Ant-Man, we're getting introduced to concepts that you know 10 15 20 years ago people would have said oh that's impossible and yet now if you talk about entanglement you talk about heisenberg theory you talk about uh, strange attractors the average person even if they don't know what it is will say oh yeah i've heard of that uh and that's very or much i
0: saw it in some movie yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean i forget what i was watching but there was a period of time during the pandemic where, as we were all binging movies and TV shows left and right, there was a string of them that were dealing with multiple realities. I, I was watching uh, mm-hmm. Man in the High Castle, uh, which is okay. an alternate, uh, if what if the Allies had lost World War II? Right. Uh, and spoiler, I mean, the show's been out a while, but it turned out that they <laughs> were multiple realities and they were able to to traverse them um so artifacts were moving between universes. So with us, could there be multiple dimensions? Could there be multiple realities? Could we be seeing some of those things and mistaking it for spirits? Or maybe we're just getting a window into a parallel dimension just for that temporary amount of time. And we're not able to quantify it or measure it because it doesn't stay around long enough for it to do it. Or we don't even have the scale developed yet to figure out those numbers.
2: So what's your theory on the hollow earth? Can I ask?
1: <laughs> I don't believe in a hollow earth, uh, but, but then again, I was always raised on, you know, uh, crust, mantle, magma at the center. Mm-hmm. Um, but being the scientist and, and unless you give me some data to contradict that, then I will have to go, Oh, all right, well, let's look into it. However, more and more, as I look into uh, ufology, you hear tales about reptilians and its entire civilizations living beneath the surface of the earth and that they're able to traverse between their few cities through these high-speed tunnels. And it's like, oh, didn't uh, didn't, uh, uh, Musk just say, hey, I'm going to build a tunnel with a maglev train going from New York to, well, is he inventing it or is he finding it? Did he find it? And things like that. So again, the more information we have, the world we thought we knew might be completely different, and I've had um, I've had moments where my my brain has just been like when I first found out what EVP was. Yeah, it's average to us now. Oh yeah, EVPs, of course. But when you first find out that you can record possible voices from the dead, that's mind blowing. When I first found out about real time uh, ITC recordings, uh, Time Stream Group. Uh, things of that's a, a spirit calm.
0: <laughs>
1: I needed some rest. My mind needed to, again, phases of loss, denial, bargaining, all of it, and then finally acceptance until the next uh, mind blow.
2: So, are they the voices of the past or voices of the dead or a voice from another dimension? Like, what if
0: voices yes. of, of not- the future? Okay. <laughs> yes.
2: Get out of my head, Mike. <laughs> Like, what if you're not really a hollow earth like Raquel Welch? Was it Raquel Welch that did the Journey to the Center of the Earth or whatever? Uh, anyway, what if it's like hollow I'm pockets? Sure. Um, you know, the ant people, my favorites. What if they actually, you know, you know how an ant farm goes. What if that's what the crust of the mantle is really like and you, it's not really a physical thing. It's a multidimensional, you know,
1: transporter.
2: Let's bring Star Trek into this now um you know you're you're transporting over there You know, you're doing that bit
1: i've read books and reports that claim that uh there are reptilian cities underneath the surface of the earth and that the abductions are not happening up there they're happening down there and they have the ability uh not to camouflage themselves but because they were allegedly integral in our uh developments uh in years uh, millennia's past that there's something like a little lever Uh, that they could psychically switch off in our brain that allows them to appear as other humans. Like we can't perceive them. We can't see them. We'll probably just see them as normal people or not at all. Uh, And I find that very interesting because again, I I ingest a lot of sci-fi and just a lot of fantasy and these things are common, common themes. I mean, yeah, I grew up on Star Trek, the next generation. I watched all the movies and it's just like, yeah, oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Well, sure. <laughs> Cloaking device. <laughs> Got it. Sound, so if, sounds feasible.
2: What if these aren't themes that are in um, science fiction or science fantasy? What if these are just like little snippets and whomever powers that be are saying, okay, release this little bit. Let's make a, uh Oh, I don't know. Indiana Jones movie where he goes into the hollow earth or something. I
1: mean, that's, that's been uh, a theory for many years that it's being spoon fed to us via pop culture and again when you look at pop culture and how many themes seem to repeat over and over and over again within a certain period of time like mike said yeah now everything's Mm -hmm. multiple dimensions maybe this is just the chapter we're at in that uh disclosure of this information and again i i'm a prime example of it when i first started getting into the paranormal uh way back when I wouldn't have been able, I wouldn't have been ready to accept the concepts that I can accept today because it's just, you can't give it to everyone all at once. The universe is too big. It's too, the order of magnitude that our tiny little, you know, monkey brains or reptilian brains uh, can <laughs> process is, it's not enough uh, terabytes in here. We need more. And I, I feel like the body, the body is limiting. That's, that's our weakness. The body. If we mm-hmm. are spirits in a material world.
2: True. But if we're, um, what's it? Uh, energy having a human experience right now. Is that what the little pop phrase is now?
1: Oh, that's a pop phrase. Yeah, what, your, your having... with? Just...
2: <laughs> Come on down to Texas now. <laughs> this is yeah. Um, we're spiritual beings having a, a human experience. I think. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that, or it's the Matrix. You got it. Or. It's the Matrix Four,
0: simulated universe. Oh yeah, War. Matrix Four coming War. out here War. In, War. in next or, few no. weeks. Did,
2: did you hear in the news today? Yep. Woolly mammoths will be back this year. It was in BBC today. Global yes. warming
1: is not the time to bring back a hairy elephant.
2: <laughs> okay, my daughter said the same thing. I'm like, you know, maybe it's just Which the last is, one And that's found.
0: the detractors of that are saying that's all it's going to be because they can't completely clone and replicate the woolly mammoth DNA. So basically they're manipulating elephant DNA with, with some remnants of the woolly mammoth. So basically they'll have, like Brian said, a, a hairy elephant. Didn't they see Jurassic Park? Didn't they I see know. Jurassic
1: Park? <laughs> <Just laughs> no.
2: Once, once Jeff Goldblum was doing this, was. we didn't see anything after that. Um, Life
1: will <laughs> find a way. <laughs>
2: Ah. No. Well, I mean, okay, what if the woolly mammoth was in Alaska because it's big, you know, it's kind of bigger than Texas, I've heard. And there was like, um, they died out a few hundred years ago, not thousands and millions of years ago, and that that's the most recent DNA they could get. I mean, wouldn't you want to start cloning something with the most recent DNA, the freshest, I guess you could call it?
1: I'll quote you uh, Star Trek f- uh, six.
2: Oh, okay. you can <laughs>
1: do a thing. Does not Doesn't necessarily really mean sure. that we must do that thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. We can clone a woolly man. But why would we want to? Where are we gonna put it? Well, what's, and- what's the point? Like just to say, all right, we did it, we have the technology, all right, that might have implications in the medical field where oh, maybe we can uh clone bodies to have healthy parts for people, but then that will bring the uh, moral question of oh but that's a life and that's a spirit and how could you do this? but it's a clone it doesn't have a spirit the debate will go on oh i see this as being a, a headache and i'm uh i'm going to steer clear
2: ant people
1: ant people <laughs>
0: that's it
2: well then that's got to take it right back to rocky uh what was it rocky four you got to do what you got to do even if people say it's wrong or something that's, like that.
1: see that's the one piece of rocky advice that i didn't agree with like i was down with everything in rocky 2 i was down with rocky balboa that nothing hits as hard as life it will knock you down and keep you down you gotta you keep pushing and that's how, how you winning. get back not up. how hard yeah. you
0: get hit it's how it's not how hard you hit it's how hard you get hit and hit keep hit. moving forward
1: yeah yep. so winning's done Good, good. Thank you. I did, did brain fart on that because of all the <laughs> talk. I, uh, right, right,
0: right. So uh, real quick, we got a uh, $5 super chat from Papa Bear's Kitchen. Says, for a treat. Thank you very much, Aww. Papa Bear. Absolutely Papa Bear. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we are at our hour mark, Brian. Absolutely appreciate you coming on. Um, You know, one more time, let's go ahead and uh, get the banner running with uh, neverstopsearching.com is your website. Mm-hmm. you and forgot to mention
2: something sorry
0: next june is the uh is the history of the paranormal exhibit here in ohio grafton ohio 15 minutes down the road from my house which is great
1: <laughs>
0: and um of course we got uh <laughs> brian is rocky here <laughs> yeah
2: is, is brian it, doing uh, any-
0: come on, it, lo- it looks a lot like that right <laughs> I, I thought it
2: was a double is brian doing anything next summer I don't know, like across the pond.
0: Yes, we do yeah. need to talk about the whales trip. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the like whales. in Star, Trek, Star
2: 4? Trek
1: Four. Back to Star Trek <laughs> Four. We're talking about the Wales. Uh, you're gonna go to Ireland. I'm going to Wales. We're gonna be in the same we're gonna be both in the United Kingdom. We will be, yes. We need people to come and join us on these mysterious adventures because uh I know I've wanted to get back to Ireland. I've never been to Wales, and yeah, I've never been that, to Wales either. So in yeah. that week in between. I'm totally renting a car and driving up to Loch Ness.
0: Oh,
2: Can we just stay longer? Okay. You know?
0: Yeah, we really should just spend the whole month there. So uh, yeah, we'll okay. do our island trip at the beginning of July. Hang out, we'll go to Loch Ness and then do the whales trip with with Brian. Yeah. Sure. I'm down Sounds for that. Fun.
1: Yeah, for those of you guys uh, who want uh, more information on that, that too is on my website under my events yeah. tab. Uh, and Mike is his Ireland trip, uh, both of us, it's the same tour company. So you go to one, yeah. go to both, you cannot go wrong.
0: Yeah, Mysterious <laughs> Adventures Tours. Um, yeah, j- jump, on, jump on Brian's. I'm not gonna plug myself this show. This is Brian's show. So <laughs> go to Wales with Brian. <laughs> but if you wanna go to Ireland, we'd love to have you along too, but go to bad. Brian's first. <laughs>
2: We're going to karaoke, Brian. That's all I'm saying.
0: Excellent.
1: Sounds yeah. good.
2: Mike will. Not me. He won't
0: let you. Well, yeah. No. Brian and I, we, we've we been no. talking about it for a while. They didn't have karaoke in Michigan this no. year. No.
2: No.
0: Because no. we, we were going to do Under Pressure or under pressure. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody or, <laughs> or both. both. Or both. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, we're we're going to the Jameson's factory one night. So Mike's going to be out there karaokeing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a behind-the-scenes yeah. person, so I don't...
1: With yeah. the spirits in the UK, I think I, I would have the liquid courage yes. to do both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Brian. Well, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We'll definitely have to have you back soon. Maybe we'll have you back on just before the uh, the exhibit Yeah. in uh, in June. That would make a lot of sense. So
1: We'll have to uh, tease them of the, the upgrades, of which I don't know what they are yet because I haven't made them. But uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. <laughs>
0: All right. Sounds good. So you have a great night, my friend. Take care.
1: Thanks for having me on guys. Have a good night.
0: Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye.